0: Hello, and welcome to the University of Real Life with Dr. Tammy. Class is now in session. To everybody who has been coming, welcome back. And to those who are just joining us, welcome. Pull up a seat. So today I have an awesome guest, and I swear I am a parrot. And I said this just last week, the same thing I just said just now. Um, I have the awesome, awesome Lactation, the lactation therapist. That is what she is branding herself to be right now. You're going to look out for her. You're going to hear a lot about her. She's actually allowed, she, she's allowed little low me to talk to her. She's actually out of town right now in New Orleans. She's going to be um, giving a keynote at a conference tomorrow. And um, she's giving me some time to speak to her about a very important subject matter that, is near and dear to me. For all of you that listen, you all know that I have a um, a love for women's issues, women's empowerment, motherhood, um, mother's health. And Miss Jabina coined a uh, a quote and she uh, she posted it all over Instagram and she moved me to, to the point where part of her quote is the title of this episode. And it's called, Who Holds the Mother?, and her whole quote is, everybody wants to hold the baby, but who holds the mother? And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. But before I get carried away, Jabina, please introduce yourself. And I'm going to give a little history behind her, too, and how I know her. She's another Penn State alum. I know, y'all. I know.
1: Right. Um, so, hi, everyone. Um, Tammy, I want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to um really sit and have this conversation with you and opening me up to this platform
0: Thank uh, my you. name is
1: Jamina Coleman I am a licensed social worker I'm also an international board certified lactation consultant I've been working in the field of women and child health for the last 12 12 to 14 years um and the focus of my work is lactation but also working with women and families around perinatal mood and anxiety disorders and the focus is also centered in reproductive justice and trauma-informed care i am in philadelphia i have a private practice um where i do see um clients individually i facilitate a support group which is called Bay cafe breastfeeding awareness and empowerment and um I also wear just many hats um, with um, just doing a, a host of different advocacy work and uh, medical social work as
0: well. Okay, so that whole long resume, right? So on top of that, she's also a mom. Um, so b- being a mom and everything else that she's doing, she has like 10,000 full-time jobs. But um, here's a fun plug about Jabina. So Jabina and I met freshman year at penn state altoona she was actually my sweet mate so we lived together for a short while and when i say this woman that i'm talking to on the phone when i say she is one of the most brilliant people most confident people and um um, that i know and the fact that she's uh that she's done all that she's um done up to this point is nothing short of absolutely awesome so um thanks so much again for being with me and thank you let's um let's get into this so let's 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 chat about the importance of um of just having the correct conversations about mental health especially with moms and um especially you know postpartum I think uh I mean you can probably speak to it as well I think a lot of women who have um who have had Um, children who have birth children and have had to come home and deal with all the pressures of being a new mom. And maybe you're a wife, maybe you're not, maybe you're doing this on your own. And that might even be a whole lot too. But I think we don't have enough conversation and maybe not enough. You know, maybe enough is not the right word. Correct conversations. The types of conversations that fuel people to actually act on what it is that we're talking about. You know, it's so easy for us to say, oh, you know, postpartum depression affects this amount of people every year. And it's this terrible thing. What are we doing? Everybody wants to hold the baby. Who holds the mother? How do we, you know, Um, how do we start to have the right types of conversations? Not conversations, but the right types that are actually going to fuel action on addressing it.
1: Right. Um, and so, so you, you brought up a few a few things in terms of how do we begin to have the conversation and what we know the facts to be, right? So, we do know that one in seven women experience changes in mood during or after pregnancy, um, which is the perinatal period. So, the perinatal period is um, during the pregnancy up to one year postpartum. And so... For women of color, it's one in three women that will experience change in mood during or after pregnancy. And so those numbers are definitely alarming specifically for uh, women of color. Mm-hmm. And again, how do we, how do we have this conversation? So, everyone often talks about the joys of motherhood, right? Mm, that yeah. you have this baby, you're supposed to be, you know, this happy person, you're supposed to fall in love with your child, but, you know, it seems you push them out, um, and they're brought to your chest, you know, you're supposed to have this, like, instantaneous, um, love for this child right and you're supposed to have that real quick snapback mm-hmm. that we often all talk about right and so you're supposed to be glamorous the next day but yep. it's not that and for all of us who've had children know you know know the real deal and know the truth behind what that's like yeah and um the other component to that is the emotional well-being so not just like the the physical. Uh, well-being of the mom in the postpartum period, which we can all attest is not fun, especially for those who've had you know, third and fourth degree tears, um, C-sections uh, you I know, things like that like that postpartum body right, you know, so the postpartum body, but yet not just the physical body, but the emotional mm-hmm. um, soul that that it takes, right, so whether you're a single mom, whether you're, whether you're married you know Postpartum, and I use the term PMAT, which is perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Although oftentimes we just reference or say postpartum depression, mm-hmm. and so you'll hear me use PMADs because it is inclusive. It's not um, just postpartum depression. And so with that, you know, we we talk about the joys. We talk about you know all of those things, but we really oftentimes are not focusing on. The, the, the mental health aspect and, and it's real like you know the numbers the statistics are there however although those statistics are there they are also largely underreported of you know course. and so of it's underreported with mental health especially in the black community because there's a lot of stigma with mental health um, and so folks aren't disclosing it they're not disclosing it and because of a number of things. I recently was featured in the Philadelphia Inquirer, you know, talking about perinatal mental health. And, you know, one of the huge things is just a fear, a fear of the system, a fear that I'm I'm an unfit mother and that Mm -hmm. my children will be taken away from me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are a lot of reasons why we don't disclose. And, you know, you have children, I have children. I have a 14 year old and a four year old. And with my fourteen-year-old, you know, I didn't know what it was when I when I had him. Um, it wasn't until 2015, and my son at that time was about nine, that I went to a conference, Postpartum Support International, where I got my my training and um, realized it was like, oh, snap. like I had postpartum. That's what that was, right? And, this and so and I was like, That's what that was? Dang. You know, I've had that for like a whole year. Like I didn't talk to any friends. Like I cried every day. Um, and you know, it was a really, really rough time. It was rough one because yes, I was uh, my son's father and I were you know, we had just graduated from Penn State um we were both working you know so we were you know doing our things as young adults
0: Mm -hmm. but it was
1: hard you know we moved away from family i didn't have any family in philadelphia you know other than my sister and my two best friends were still back in new york so um you know it was just a new a whole new transition but my fear of disclosing right to folks that i don't feel well you know, I'm crying all the time, mm. you know, that I'm going to be an unfit mother. And I'm assuming, you know, back then, I was like, I guess this is what parenting is it's like. supposed to know? be like, right? Like, you just suck this, <laughs> right.
0: You're supposed you suck it suck up. This up, suck it up, deal with you it. suck it up right. and keep
1: on pushing, yeah. right? Cause you have to, you gotta, you know, you gotta work, you have to take care of your household, you have to do take care of your children, and they have to be clean and well-kept and like the house and everything. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging. However, one thing that I also focus on is like really breaking the stigma because what what we do know is that, you know, moms who are struggling really aren't bonding with their baby. So exactly. you know, it, it's it's a, it's exactly. a trickle down effect um you know that impacts the the broken development of the child, the bond between the child and the mother. It affects the whole family unit as a whole, and yep. we know if mom isn't well and right, nothing yep, else. House nothing house else is going to go right. right. You just know? like I mean, like just like is how we.
0: Yep, just like how we talked about before we, you know, came on air. Like it, the research says it, y'all. Like, when a woman is 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 healthy, when she's in her right mind, and she can contribute at the level that she, you know, that she wants to, or that is is, is up to par for her everybody wins so when mom right. is okay and women are okay like everyone wins like it's and i wish people would you know take the time in um in processing that and be a little bit better to women especially especially moms i mean i, I think i had mentioned to you some time ago too that i had uh, ran into some fun information about um uh it's a it's an Ancient kind of like old school way of functioning in Morocco. It's a, it's it's called the nafisa, and it's you know okay. it's a process that they use to take care of mothers for forty days after they've given birth. Like they have this thing where they keep an open grave for forty days because right. that's the most you know it's childbirth was you know back you know of course uh, years and years ago. Even if okay. you want to go back decades or even maybe centuries ago. I mean, child childbirth is a big deal. Making it through childbirth, and I mean, unfortunately, right. we you know we're dealing with um, high mortality rates with um, with uh, with with women who are giving birth, especially women of color these days. Which, right. which to okay. me, I don't even, I can't even understand how we, especially here in the United States, you know, that we pride ourselves on you know being the being the change makers and the pacemakers when it comes to, you know, health and health delivery. And we have black and brown women dying, giving birth in twenty nineteen, right. in twenty nineteen we have we have black and brown women,
1: black women dying at three to four times the rate from um from, from complications compared to white women. And so, um it's alarming. It's yeah, an issue. That's a big deal. I think deal. that, um, you know, my thing right now is that I don't want to see the statistics anymore. Stop showing me. Stop using your resources to gather this data. And I need to something. put your resources <laughs> and do something about it. And so one thing, you know, I am a part of many, you know, different organizations that really, really is supporting this work. And as we talk today, you know, we are in the midst of black maternal health week yes, um, yes, which yes. was initiated by black mamas matter um and so you know from april 11th through the 17th and this is a big deal you know our women are yes. dying guess what it doesn't matter what um it doesn't matter your socioeconomic status it doesn't matter your education black women are dying um at an alarming rate and our children are suffering and dying as well and so it's, it's really important you know that we really look at this matter and I don't like I said I don't want to see your I don't want to see your statistics Thank anymore you. yep. I need you to put your resources into developing into you know changing and
0: action, system. An action. Also, creating, right, so yeah. taking action creating yeah creating action taking plans action. to do it yep yep
1: Right, and decolonizing all of these systems, right, that is working against us and p- pretty much killing us. And so it's, it's a lot of work to be done, but I will yes. say that there's a lot of people on the ground right now. Yes. Um, and you I, know, you and mentioned that I'm here in New Orleans um, for the, at this conference, and the conference is really focused on Black maternal health you know, it's, um, the name of the conference is Falling Through the Cracks: of Perinatal Mental Health and Black Maternal Mortality. And so, you know, really excited to be, even in this space, talking about Black about um, perinatal mental health mm-hmm. is, you know, is key. Mm-hmm. Uh, because folks are on the front line, you know, yes. and I think that's the other issue that I see. You know, I'm a lactation consultant. A lactation consultants are not trained to ask the question right? Right, right about you just mentioned in our conversation before this that your OB was the person that asked you the question yes. and these are the yep. people that are on the front line and to kind of like bring it full circle these are the folks who are going to hold the mother right mm. so you have our doulas you have our midwives you have our um, lactation consultants you have our peer counselors our pediatricians our OBs those are the folks yep. you know but the other very key important um, part of this is really having the community Yeah. Uh, and that's what the other part that I do is really advocate in, like just the community members families uncles aunts, yep. aunts cousins about perinatal mental
0: health because one thing we hear in the community is, oh, you just got postpartum, girl. You're going to be okay. Yeah, no, um, it's not. No. no, It's not, it's not, okay. It's not okay. No,
1: you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. You, all
0: right. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. And I mean, before we wrap up, because I told you, I told you we were going to get carried away and I was going to have to, you know, stop us because we could do this forever. I mean, this is an issue right. that... um I always feel like I have really great conversations with really great people that I, we're probably going to have to have a part two. I, I hope you understand there there's a lot of people that I'm going to have to bring back for part twos of, of, of this conversation. And it might even be, I have a banging idea. I feel like we should have, uh, remember we talked about having conversations and including partners, especially, you know, you know, husbands. Um, You know, in this conversation, because if we're talking about community and people that need to be included in holding the mother, partners are very, very important, a a very important part of this. And them being educated as well is extremely important in making all of this stick. And I think it's going to be really good to have um, a conversation with you at the table and then a male perspective, a male, you know, a a male um, uh, therapist or. Um, you know, and I doctor. Know, there's a,
1: a awesome, yeah, awesome psychologist. His name is Dr. Fisher.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah. Who he's doing great work. Um, I'm going to say she Fisher. He's doing amazing work in that field, really supporting fathers. And, and that's, so that's so is, important. important.
0: I mean, because you know we tend to, you know, sometimes we do drop the ball and we don't pay attention to our men like that. And then again, yeah, I've had this type of conversation in the past about how much we don't, we tend to not invest in boys and men. And then when they're presented with an issue, we expect them to know what to do. And nobody ever taught them. Nobody gave them the tools or the resources to be able to say, okay, you know what? My partner looks like this. Let me talk to her. Let me see what it is that I can do to help her through this so that the whole family as a whole can function well. You know, so right, but girl, exactly.
1: And uh, so, like I, I, did, like I did mention, Doctor, um, Doctor Fisher's work really looks at um, fathers' mental health during the perinatal period ooh. and their impact on the family dynamic. And so, we definitely love to um, put a plug in for him ooh, who I gotta, actually just became a father. I want to say his daughter might be two months old right now, um, and so it will be really interesting to, to hear his the male perspective, perspective on that. Yeah, right His... One, he's a clinician, right? So he's a, a, I don't want to say psychiatrist or psychologist, um, and I I have to double check that. But also, he's now a new father, and Mm -hmm. so really understanding what that's like. we need, our fathers, because 10% right now, research says 10% of males um, or partners are experiencing um, postpartum depression.
0: Isn't that something? And, you know, so that's something worth talking about. So that's going to be another topic for another day, but... Girl, I love you. I appreciate you, and congrats on all of your success. I wish you nothing but the best with um, with uh, with, with everything that you're trying to do. It's needed, um, and so just continue to do what you do and 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 um, you know giving back to the community and you know and talking and spreading spreading knowledge. Like y'all, did y'all listen? She dropped knowledge today you know and this is and this is what it's all about like this is why this is the university of real life like this is real life like this is what's happening and i like to you know have this platform so that people are able to learn things that maybe perhaps you didn't know before but jabina thank you so much for being with me this evening you're
1: welcome and i really appreciate you allowing me uh, to you. have this space and this platform and i will be remiss to not give a resource right because if we have folks out here that are listening and that are struggling uh, we definitely need folks to have a place yes. to reach out to so postpartum support international is an international organization that will provide um, resources and support. Their website is postpartum.net. I also I am also the co-founder for Perinatal Mental Health Alliance for People of Color. So if you um, kind of just kind of Google that, the website will come up. And, um, you know, that's where you can find some resources to support your um, social emotional needs.
0: And Sabrina, can you please share... Health. And can you please share all your social media handles so people who who would like to follow you or learn more about all the work that you're doing?
1: Absolutely. So my uh, website is thelactationtherapist.com. Instagram is at thelactationtherapist. And Facebook is thelactationtherapist
0: thank you thank you thank you so much you're welcome girl thank you so much for having me oh my goodness this was so awesome and everybody class is over i'm still gonna talk to Jabina, but class is officially over and see you all next week bye now